Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to finish up our midseason evaluations with the front office and the coaching staff. And if we add a little bit of time, we'll talk Olympics. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty says over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown for $20 off your first purchase. Scotty, first of all, happy Thursday, buddy. Happy Thursday, man. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. Much better than yesterday. Much same. better than yesterday. <laughs> um, Super same, yeah. Uh, no tension, headache. We're good to go. Everything's peachy. But, okay, we're going to finish up our midseason evaluations today. There's not going to be a tier list because we're doing the coaching staff and the front office kind of as a group. And now, granted, when we mostly talk about it, we are mostly going to be focusing on Derek Lalone and Steve Eisenman. But we talked, and it's really hard to break down exactly how each assistant coach is doing because we don't know how exactly how much they influence the product on the ice. It's really the coaching staff as a whole, the front office as a whole that comes together and gives us the product that we've seen. So from there, that's where we're going to start. And then if we have a little bit of time, we'll do a Olympic conversation at the end. But Scotty with the same grading process that we had for the players, uh, failing expectations, below expectations, meeting a, exceeding and above and beyond who do you want to start with front office or coaching staff wow um they are and i feel like they're partly married together too it's hard to separate the two yeah yeah for sure i i I think um i think i want to start with eiserman and start with the front office uh because i feel like when talking about preseason expectations that is, uh, there may not be a more black and white, uh, like, um, moves made or, or you know, job done, and then um, immediately, like, numbers you can look at to to quantify the job that was done, right? Even more so than the players, even, right? Like, obviously, these guys have, have nebs and flows throughout and, and peaks and valleys throughout the season, and, and we have, you know, the, the great like de- debate about to and you know, he's producing it. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, the other, not between us, but between the fan base, really, yeah. you know, he's, he's performing, but he's not scoring as many goals. Like, where does that fall? You know, with, with looking at the front office, it is very night and day. Like I said, it's very black and white. It's, it's okay. Well, this, these are the moves that were made over the summer. This is who was brought in. How has the team been doing? Has the team been doing better or worse after bringing in, what was it, 11 or 12 free agents and trading for Cat, right? I mean, they they had a – this front office had a major overhaul this past summer. So I think that that's kind of a, a where I want to start just because you can almost go move by move. And, like, we already went player by player, so we don't have to do that, right? That's been the last two episodes has kind of been doing that. Um, but – 
you went out and you addressed a lot of areas. You improved the depth scoring a lot. You improved the special teams a lot. You went out and got players specifically to cater to those two needs. Uh, you got Alex Lyon, who has been, again, one of the biggest bright spots of the team this year. Uh, I, I, I don't... I find it hard to be too upset looking in hindsight at the moves that were made in the summer with where the wings stand currently. Yeah. I mean, given where the wings stand currently, that's where we kind of are. Everything that we asked Eisenman to do in the off season, he went out and did. And, you know, and first and foremost, he got a goal scorer. Not only did he get one goal scorer, he got a plentiful depth goal scoring. We were over the moon. The one areas we were still like, questioning was the defense and the goaltending and you know it was some un, unsuspected heroes who have been playing roles like Alex Lyon like you said but I mean when it comes to our expectations going into the season our expectations for this team was with all these new acquisitions to either a make the playoffs or b if you're going to miss be the final team to miss like we wanted to see that that definite step forward and without a doubt halfway through 50 games in so a little over halfway through the Red Wings have seen that step forward so by our own grading process it would be a meeting expectations and that is a good thing Iserman has continued to meet our expectations we wanted this we are getting it but I will throw in there that being the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings is more than just being the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings there were some big time organizational moves that were made at the AHL level. It was the ousting of their head coach and then hiring of Watson, uh, Watson who had the relationship with Derek Lalonde in uh, the ECHL. He was the head coach of the walleye, now moves to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Sean Horkoff was appointed to be the general manager of the Griffins as well as being the assistant manager, uh, general manager to Iserman. Uh, that team was really bad last year. And the goal of the Griffins going into this season was to make them play a similar system to the Red Wings so that when these players come to Detroit, they aren't so caught off guard. They already know the system. They know how to play. And now these players are also all learning to play together, something that we've uh, we've, we've focused on multiple times, that while it's killing us that guys who look like they're NHL ready, like Berggren and Edvinson, are playing in the Grand Rapids still, there is a key importance to having... Mazur, Lombardi, Johansson, Edvinson, Casper, uh, all these guys learn to play together because not all of them, but eventually some of these guys are going to be teammates at the NHL level. And that Griffins team has bounced back spectacularly. A couple of good win streaks and all five and a six game win streaks, win streak helps, but now they're right there in the central division, two points back of second place last time we had checked. So I think when you also account for what the success this team, the Griffins have seen because of the changes that the front office has made in that, I think you could actually put Iserman and the front office staff in exceeding expectations. I, I was going to come on here and argue exceeding. So, and I, and I thought we were actually going to disagree on something when you were like meeting and then now you're like exceeding. So I guess maybe not, but <laughs> I, I think an, I, I completely agree with everything you said. And I think player development has, has taken uh big steps forward over the last, year or so as well not that it was really ever bad but just you're finally starting to see the Iserman draftees work their way up through the system I guess is my point and you're seeing more and more of those that kind of prospect pool that we've been talking about for a while but another thing that I think kind of plays into this is you know we we obviously spent the first part of the show talking so much about the offseason moves and the additions that they made 
Patrick Kane was a midseason addition. Yeah. Do you think that there's not 30 NHL GMs that regret not being more serious in this, those sweepstakes? Because I promise you, there's a handful after it's, how he's looked this year. Without, supposedly, he was yeah, offered yeah, multi-year deals. Without a shadow deals. of a doubt. <laughs> yeah, I... I I mean, that's a really good point that you brought up. That was something that was not in our on our radar, really. And then it happened, and it turned out great. So, I mean, you could argue exceeding expectations just There was like two or three teams that were like yeah. linked to Kane from like July on, and nobody else was really a serious player. And and the wings went out. And, and again, like we had our reservations about it, right? We That's why he was in above and beyond when we did our thing, right? Like we were, very, especially me, was like very guilty of uh, of downplaying the addition and, and not thinking that he was going to look as good as he did. But I assure you, I, I promise you, <laughs> that there are a lot of GMs out there that regret not being more serious in those sweepstakes as well. So you can throw that in there, right? A, a big uh, mid-season addition, obviously organizationally, you just brought up. And then in a, the most busy offseason we've had in years, and, and just like the most turnover we've had, right? Like this was a, a summer where... Um, the Wings took a step in the right direction last year from two years ago to last year. They yeah. did. And yet they still gutted <laughs> double-digit players and re-added a ton new, and and it's worked. Uh, and they are in, you know, if the season ended today, they'd be in the postseason. Uh, and again, our expectations were to be like kind of one of the better teams to miss the playoffs, I think is what I said at least. I, I don't really remember um, if we came to like one conclusion as a show, but I, I, that is all of those things considered lead me to be like pretty confident, almost just dropped an F-bomb. I don't know where that came from. Pretty confident <laughs> about, uh, about putting him in exceeding and putting the front office as a whole, I should say in exceeding. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, just all our expectations for what we wanted this team to do were met. Every, I think we asked was, you know, was done and then, of course, again, like I said, the Griffins thing was a yeah, nice, exactly. pleasant surprise. So exceeding for sure. Um, Scotty, we got to head to a quick break. When we return, we'll do the coaching staff. So stay tuned for that in segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't, don't search match with indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging. So you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire a great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash on. Again, that's Indeed.com slash Lockdown. Go there right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also got to talk to you guys today about Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you could still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, 
Now through April 30th, Robinhood is boosting every single dollar you transfer in in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on that 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Had to make sure I had to read that part. <laughs> I was like, I was like wait, I, first off, I, I I loved that that you had to. Two, indeed you do. Three, you, you saying no cap really made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even catch it in the read. You had to go no cap on, <laughs> and I was like, that's not what that obviously was implying. But I really like that little I, sound bite there. Brian I probably no cap. I probably said it with the incorrect cadence there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, Scotty, segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. We're going to do the head coaching staff now. Uh, Derek Lalonde and his boys. Uh, that obviously is Bob, Bob Bugner, Alex Tange, Jay Verity, Alex Westland. Uh, you can even throw the video coordinators. That's LJ Scarpacci and Jeff Weintraub in there as well. Those guys, I mean, they're responsible for keeping the team on the ice to play with some kind of structure. Uh, so far, like we said, the Red Wings are what six points up on a playoff spot right now, or is it four points after the Islanders went over the Maple Leafs the other day and they Islanders have no games in hand on the Red Wings. So it's just straight a four game pad against the Islanders. So, or a four point pad against the Islanders. So where would you rank the performance of the coaching staff thus far through 50 games? Yeah, I, I think that this is uh, a pretty fascinating conversation, honestly, more so than the front office, just because, of the ups and downs of the season, right? Like this is one where if you would have asked us and probably a lot of the listeners at one point in that like early mid-December range, I think a lot of people (laughs) had some pretty bad grades, to be honest, right? I mean, we, we, I remember we made a comment about how uh, the, the faith in Lalonde and the coaching staff was was kind of plummeting at one point there I don't I don't want to make it sound like it was bigger than it was but it really was I mean for a solid um um, you know a little bit of time there a couple of weeks in December um people were starting to talk about the system and the you know Lalonde's way and and um just kind of how much the team was struggling and how much that effect had on it so um yeah I I really think that that is a big thing, like just timing wise. And it's right now, uh, I just said, almost said the Tigers just finished that show. The Wings uh, obviously had an incredible January. So that kind of maybe is on the upswing. But um, I I think I know that we talked off air before about bringing up Tange specifically, just because uh, he was brought in to and you know, Lalonde has said that everybody kind of has a hand in the the special, special teams, teams yeah. coaching and whatnot. But Tange was brought in specifically to kind of oversee special teams. So um, it's, it's easy to kind of point his direction. But I think that when you're talking about the coaching staff as a whole, that is something that uh, is very dependent on coaching, right? There's a lot of different styles and a lot of different personnel groups that can go into your special teams and both 
penalty kill and power play have taken a big step forward. I think that's kind of the easy place to start and and uh, a big area of improvement from the last couple of years to this year. I completely agree. I mean, the coaching staff, I'm just going to put it out there right now. Um, if this, if they had played January, like they had played December, I would put them in failing expectations right. because they, at that time, at the end of December, they were not like they were, they were not in close enough to a wild card spot for me to be happy, but then they had an ex- awesome January. The team kind of figured it out. Obviously Alex line helped carry them as well, but the team play really seemed to correct itself. And uh, I, I really feel like because of where they are at, right now despite the high the peaks and the valleys this team has faced i mean that they've got to be meeting expectations because they're exactly where we wanted them to be by every account right like the only place that they are not good at um is corsi four percentage and expected goals four percentage they're actually bottom five in the league in both of those despite being fourth in the league in goals but there's all there you could actually explain some of that away um but not to get ahead of myself when it, when it comes to this team, like we said, the expectation was that they are top 15 in power play and penalty kill. They're currently 11th in power play, 12th in penalty kill. We said they had the potential to be a top 10 power play, but that was like, if they were, if they were clicking ridiculously, they're currently 11th. Our expectation was top 15. They're there. We wanted them to be in the playoff race. They're there. One things we weren't expecting to be top four in goals in the NHL after last season, we were hoping more goals. We got that. That exceeded our expectations, less goals against. We got that. That's meeting our expectations. And we were hoping for better goaltending and we ultimately got it just from an unlikely source. So, I mean, from on a very baseline, this team is meeting expectations by improving in all the required areas enough to be in that conversation. And that's what we wanted. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that this is, uh, this is, this is a, for me, I would say overall on the season meeting is probably pretty fair and that's great because our, again, our expectations were to be here and uh, be kind of, at least in the playoff conversation. And right now we were, we're straight up in the playoffs. So um, yeah, it's just it's funny what a what a month can do. <laughs> I think is really the biggest takeaway from that. It's a uh, unfortunately it, it's a a very large results based kind of analysis and uh, and industry, but it's it's when the special team specifically has gotten a lot better, the scoring has gotten a lot better. You saw even let's look at lines right. Andrew Kopp is struggling. Michael Rasmussen struggling. Okay, well, guess what? Now we have a third line that's been playing really well the last month, and it's in two of the three players in there. We're struggling mightily the first, you know, three months of the season. That's a coaching decision. Like, there's so many things like that and small, intricate things. Even the, I mean, credit where credit is due, right? I came on here. I, I know. I don't remember if you had, were in lockstep with me or not, but I came on here the first month of the season and was very confused about why Sherratt and Petrie were sharing uh, a, a pair together. Yeah. And now, I i mean... They figured it out. They're right. Better. Again, similar conversation to yesterday, not trying to make it sound like they're world beaters, but I would rather them play together than with other people, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is like at least something, right? And, and I thought that that was going to be kind of a train wreck. So um, whether their, you know, their talent level is actually second pair or if it's more third pair, whatever, I... I think that they've established themselves as a pair somewhere in the lineup. Right. So well, 
Yeah, man. I, I think, no, that, that's kind of the end of my little rant here. I, I just, I think that um, th- there has been a lot of decisions and they have, they've adjusted. And uh, I think January is a great example of a lot of adjustments being made as well as obviously uh, great execution by the players. Well, and like, that's the thing too, is, is the one area they really improved on from December to January is they're playing the defensive zone. I mean, I, I would love if they weren't so reliant on Wallman Insider in the defensive zone, if they could just figure out, we've gone on the ramp, but if they could just figure out how to distribute some of that uh, usage effectively amongst the other D pairs. But what they have right now is working because of Wallman Insider, right? And there we talk about how this team is low event hockey. And when we say low event hockey, we don't mean like nothing's happening. We mean only low events are happening. Uh, This team is... fourth in the league, fourth fewest amount of high danger shots against that five on five, according to money puck, they've only given up according to money puck at five on five, only 82 high danger shots against, or I'm sorry, 84 high danger shots against in the league. That's best best for fourth fewest. Meanwhile, they are third in the league in low danger shots against four, 1,416. So that is the third most. They have done a really nice job of, sheltering their goalies in the high danger areas and depending on their goalies to make the saves in the low danger areas. And that's something that, you know, Huso did struggle with, which is part of the reason why he and Reimer have suffered a little bit early on in the season is they were, they were, they would let in softies from low danger spots, low danger shots. Yeah. Lion hasn't been that way. Lion's been a black hole for rebounds. He just sucks them all in. He doesn't give them up. So this play style right now, Obviously, Lion is carrying a lot of the weight, right? But Lion's also meshing well with the style that they're playing in the defensive zone. They figured that out. They're playing really well because of it. They're also, in term, like, and the reason why their core C and expected goals for are so poor is because this team uh, is top 10 in defense uh, offensive zone passes per game in all situations. And that's according to Megan Chaikov's Beer League Trump, who actually quote retweeted that and made me aware of it. Um, but they're top 10 in ozone passes per game because of the fact that they always go for the east to west pass looking for the best shot opportunity. It's why they don't shoot a lot because they're always looking for the best shot opportunity. But that's also why they score a lot of goals. And so, okay, that explains why their shot attempts, their course, four percentage is so low because they're always looking for the prime shot attempt. But what about expected goals? Well, shots from inside the like right in front of the net, those rebound shots are going to have a higher expected goal percentage than your coast-to-coast, east-to-west, one-timer passes. On top of the fact that expected goals inherently is also partially cumulative. So if you're getting outshot and each one of those shots that they take is going to have a, a expected goals assigned to it, if you're getting outshot 35 to 20, of course they're going to have the better expected goals for percentage than you because they still outshot you right. and all of that adds up by the end. So for the Red Wings, it's all about timely scoring, making sure you put your team in a position to score, and on the defensive zone, stopping the other team from having those really good opportunities. And it's worked. The team is figuring it out, and they're in January we saw it. They're starting to play good hockey. So with all that in mind, I mean, Derek alone, it's meeting expectations because there are some regions that could still use improvement, but all the other regions that we needed improvement from have improved enough to get this team to the spot we've wanted them to be. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Beer League Chum, great follow on Twitter, by the way. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I think that 
meeting is is a is a fine place given how the season has gone like i said or and also as you just reiterated there is certainly areas that uh, we want to see more improved but there's a lot of successful coaching decisions and uh uh a lot of successful things that have been implemented by the coaching staff as well that have worked out really well and i think going into the year for me, I was just looking for a sign that this was going to work. We heard so much last year about the Lalone system mm-hmm. and whatnot, and we didn't really have the talent to fully utilize it and see if it was going to work. I think this year has been a lot more evidence that this can work if the right personnel is uh, is on this roster, and that's kind of all I was looking for. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with um, with meeting. Absolutely. Uh, we got to take another quick break. And when we return, we'll just chat a little bit about the Olympics. We're happy that they're back. We are. So stay tuned for that uh, in segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in two seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. You find exclusive flash deals with sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, all those sports, and even comedy and theater, too. With zone deals, pick the section, and game time picks the seats for big-time savings. And game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If your ticket in, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Lowest last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, the NHL announced that they were going to return to the Winter Olympics, the next two Winter Olympics at that. So, I mean, on one hand, that's just fantastic news. I think it's 2026 and 2030 are the next two Winter Olympics. And the biggest reason why I'm so pumped for this is because we have been robbed up until this point of possibly, possibly the greatest generation of hockey players in terms of just pure offensive scoring talent. Because yeah. that's the direction this game is ha- headed from playing at the highest level and not on the biggest stage, which is the internet. This is the Olympics. We've been robbed of McCarr, McKinnon, McDavid, the, you know, the later years of both Crosby and Ovechkin. I don't know how much longer both those guys are going to last, but there's a possibility we could still see Crosby in the winter Olympics two years from now. And now you have guys like Connor Bedard, and that's like mostly listing. I just mostly list Canadians, but the American roster is going to be absolutely packed too. So I'm just really excited that we're finally going to see best on best international tournament at the biggest stage. Yeah, man, hundred percent. This is uh, awesome. I I think you'll be pressed to find someone who's not thrilled about this news. It's something that we've been asking for for a long time. The return to this, obviously, been. A few Olympics now. Uh, awesome. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. And you're right. There's there's younger players in the league right now that, uh, you know, like McDavid in the Olympics, dude. 
Like, that's really? going to be crazy, dog. Like, um, obviously, Team USA, like the, the American hockey scene has just gotten better and better since uh, the last time the NHL was in the Olympics. Just it's it's awesome, man. Um, uh, obviously, awesome news. And I mean, yeah, I'm kind of pumped about that's my first thought was like, Team USA is nasty, honestly, these days. That's it's not a bad squad there. Obviously, Canada's no. going to be top dog, but uh, those that was, was kind of my first thought was, dang, like Team USA. Because back in the day, it obviously it kind of wasn't, and th- there was some moments. There was some, you know, TJ Yoshi, Captain America, this we, little you know, thing but, called the Miracle on Ice, right? Of course. Well, that yeah, that's pre NHL players as well, obviously. But yeah, the. Um, but yeah, there's uh, it, it's just it's uh, the game has grown a lot and this will only help it to grow even more in a sport that has just seemed like it is uh, adamant on not doing what's in the game's best interest to grow. Sometimes this is obviously a great step in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, just to name a couple of Americans for you that you could be playing. I think Matthews Austin- is wearing the C. Uh, I mean, without a doubt. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you think the scene in Toronto, so who knows? Um, but, That's true. <laughs> it's kind of a weird dynamic. Like, best American player in the league right now plays for Toronto. It's interesting. Know, it's interesting. Don't let them forget that Matthews is American. Don't let them forget. But you obviously have Austin Matthews. Adam Fox is another yeah. one. Both the Kachucks. Love them or hate them, both those Kachucks are good hockey players. You have Larkin and Debrinkit, obviously. Um Guys like Johnny Goudreau, Charlie McAvoy, Jake Gensel, Kyle Connor, Patrick Kane, if he's still around, who knows? Honestly, um, that's not a bad candidate for like, if he's still playing, yeah. it's not a bad candidate for like, hey man, you can play like fourth line winger and wear a C, you know? Yeah, Jack Hughes, yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes, Luke Hughes. Give me all the Hughes, man. <laughs> Connor <laughs> Hellebuck in that. Yeah, but that's my point. Like this, this that Michael? Team USA roster has has gotten uh, improved significantly since the last time we saw. And and again, like the the not that the USA team was terrible or anything before, but um, or in the earlier days. But um, I, I think it's just only grown. The sport has only grown. So I'm be really interested too. I have a soft spot for Team Germany because of obviously cider. But like that's a that is a team yeah, growing. That- that is a growing market and yeah. they're getting more attention because of guys like Stutzla and cider who have brought focus to the country as a hockey hub. And that's, th- that's the type of stuff that grows the market. So I'd be really interested to see them. Obviously Sweden and Finland always huge as well, always competitors. Uh, so it's going to be really fun. I'm really glad that they brought the Olympics back. I mean, in terms of, it was, it was a shame that they didn't do it. I understand. I do understand the NHL's perspective because it's a really intense tournament. Players are giving it their all. It's not like the all-star game. So I understand that they don't want their stars getting injured playing yeah. non-NHL games, but to rob the world <laughs> of the best players. Like, Can you imagine if the premier league was like, Hey, don't play in the world cup this year. Yeah. They're like be like fires. Like <laughs> that's like not even on anybody's radar. You know what I mean? Like the last two Olympics of just not having NHL play candidates, it just didn't feel real. It didn't it felt yeah. fraudulent. Uh so I'm really I'm really excited that they have that agreement agreement to go back. And also there's the announcement that they're gonna do a four country best on best international tournament of NHL players. Um America, Sweden, Finland, and Canada. And I think that's cool because it's going to fill in the odd years. So so that means every two years we're going to either have the NHL tournament or the Olympics. 
I know people have been kind of harsh on like, oh, it's only four teams or four countries that are going to be in this tournament. But the problem is, is when you're only doing it NHL players in these best on best international tournaments, you run out of roster players to roster real fast. Like obviously USA and America or USA and America, USA and Canada, rather same country, uh, USA and Canada rather have an abundance of players to choose, choose from, but Sweden and Finland, like in the league, there's significantly less. And then you go to other countries like Czech, Germany, Swiss gets even fewer. So it becomes harder to fill out those rosters. So I actually get why it's only four countries for that tournament. But I mean, it's not, it's not the Olympics. It doesn't need to be the Olympics. It just needs to be something fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my thoughts on the matter. I mean, what do you got? If anything? No, I just said my thoughts on the matter. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you said anything about the tournament, the other. Tournament. Oh, no, no. I, I don't have too much to add though. I agree. Yeah. It's, that's, um, I, I spacing it out, obviously cool two and two, but yeah, I'm really just, I, like I said, that was my first thought was just. Team USA looking uh, looking pretty nice these days, man. By the way, if you always just want to end one of my monologues with "I agree," I mean, yeah, I go for it. That's good. That's I don't good. agree with you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> don't don't. He he likes me. He likes what I have to say. It's a hit or miss scenario. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh we'll be back with a new episode and guess what guys tomorrow game preview finally dude it's so crazy looking at the nhl schedule and seeing everybody play except the wings for the <laughs> first like three four games and days after the all-star break it's like all right well yeah i get it they were like the last team to go to the all-star break yeah, so yeah. just finishing it out but and i think it makes sense too because if you're the nhl this way not every team is off at the same exact time. You can kind of stagger it. So the all-star break is for just overall NHL fans is shorter, but for us Red Wings fans, we have to sit and wait until Saturday to get our first game back. But yeah, is what it is. Uh, any final thoughts, buddy? Um, I don't think so. We ball. We do ball. We're back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.